everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of The Wrap right here on the FICA Media Network. And we are covering Money in the Bank 2022 to get you through your Sunday and your 4th of July weekend. I'm Keela Cash, and by my side, as always, I want to bring to you my co-captain, my right-hand man, the sometimes advocate for Von Wagner, and now I'm proud to say the newest member of Maximum Male Models. I bring to you as always... How can I say it in French? Swati? Sauté. Sauté. It'd be sauté. 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 Scaote. Sauté. Scaote. Yes, yeah, Sauté Scott Young. Welcome back, Sauté. Well, let me, let me go ahead and first off, you know what? It's been a good week. You know, I've had no withdrawals. So, Keela, no beef. I'm, I'm, I'm back to... Having a pleasure chopping it up and talking all things WWE with you. I mean, I even got to be a part of the the male, the maximum male models now. This is this is fantastic. The only problem is, um, I watched Money in the Bank and I was really excited, and then uh, the main event happened, and we are where we are. I don't hate it. It's just I I I, I throw my hands up and I gotta ask why. That is the question, isn't it? Why? We had a good show going and then they did that at the very end for reasons I don't understand because apparently WWE likes to drive us crazy with heel heat. It happens all the time. And I'm so sorry that we had to endure this. But dear listeners, don't you worry. We're going to cover this show for you from top to bottom and discuss the disgrace that happened at the end of the show, which will lead to a very bold confession for me that will make Scott very happy for reasons I don't want to get into right now, but he'll be happy to know I will defend someone on this show because sometimes they need defending. Well, I am looking forward to that. And I, I just want to throw it out there. I, I don't hate the I don't I don't hate what happened. I'm not a fan of it, but I, I don't hate it. I don't I don't have the the venom and the and the vitriol that that some have and that Keela has that I can't wait to hear. Uh, really looking forward to hearing who this guy is. And let me tell you. If it begins with an M, I'm going to be really excited. I don't know if it is, but if it begins with an M, I'm going to be really excited. I shall say nothing. (laughs) I can't wait. But because we've been doing this for a very long time now, it's kind of sad he knows me too well at this point. (laughs) It's disturbing that he can read my mind now. Like, that's how in sync we are. I won't say why I'm defending him, but we'll get there shortly. That's all I need. I'm good. This is going to be a great show. He's validated now. You hear that, listeners? He's validated to know that for the second time this year, I am going to recognize M's greatness, air quotes. <clears throat> you don't need for him. You, you can save him. You can put your hands down. <laughs> you don't have to put those up. There's no need for those. I have to do it. I'm throwing up the twos or the fours to explain myself in a more gratifying way to really put that issue to the side as we got mysteries to solve as well as we'll get to shortly. But let's start from the very beginning with the women's Money in the Bank ladder match featuring Becky Lynch, Asuka, Alexa Bliss, Lacey Evans, Raquel Gonzalez, Liv Morgan and Shotzi. And this match had its highs and many lows. 
and it was a mess in some spots. And I got to call out a couple of people that let me down. And I hate to say it, I hate to be cruel, but I just felt that Shotzi and Raquel were really bad in this match. And that's shocking because Shotzi's delivered and pass out of matches and Raquel is usually a great base, but on this night, they were hot ass messes and I don't know why. You know what? I, man, I didn't, I really liked this match. I know that sounds crazy because they, they, there were absolutely some spots that didn't go as planned. But I think for me, that kind of added to the match because there was no panic when that happened, though. Let me throw that out there. When those spots, they re- just reacted and kept going. Like, I, the, when they didn't go as planned, it almost felt like the right kind of chaos because this is a ladder match. This is literally a car crash of a match. That is the story of a match. All these women just going at it. So, you know, for me, all that kind of added to the drama of the match. Like, oh my God, what's going to happen? What's, what's coming next? You know, and because everyone came out of it safely, I think that's probably why I, I, I I really enjoyed this match, man. I thought the way they started was just a breakneck pace, and that may have been part of the problem, going a little too fast. But I I, I enjoyed this match. I think I enjoyed it a lot more than most people. The reactions I saw where a lot of people didn't like it, a lot of the same shots seeing Raquel, uh, you know, not, not getting the spots right. I thought Raquel, you know, once the after the beginning of the match, I thought she started to look good as the powerhouse. There were a, a few good moments for her. Um, Asuka really stood out. I thought she was kind of the spark plug of the match. She was really the jolt. Anytime there was a you know a lull in the match, she really kept it going. The crowd was hot all night. Really, really brought an extra level of energy to this match. Uh, Liv Morgan showed out, looked great. She had the crowd on her side. Becky Lynch, I, I mean this is this is the part of me that's like, all right, I don't I, I don't quite understand what the the thought process is becky lynch the heel who has gone out of her way to be the heel has shown no signs of wanting to do anything for the people sees this big ladder hears the crowd cheer and then decides to go up the ladder that's not that's not that's not what becky lynch should be doing right now if this is if there's supposed to be one of the moments that we look back on which it's not gonna be that's different but there was no they were they weren't talking about it there was nothing mentioned about becky and the fans so there's that shouldn't have happened. That should have been Becky climbs up to the top of the ladder, looks at the fans, gets everybody going, and then climbs right down to the ladder and just smacks Oscar right in the face. That's what should have happened. And then Raquel comes and power bombs her through Oscar through the ladder. I mean, that that's what you do with a heel. You you make people want to see her get it. Now people are like, oh, she did this big dive. Yeah, let me get behind Becky. I mean, <laughs> Why wouldn't I? She's she's putting her body on the line just like everybody else. She's not cheating. She's not doing anything wrong. Why would I boo her? She's the man in this match. That's not what you want. That's not the story we're telling right now. And it's just little things like that. I, I think just if you tell the stories better and you do those little things, that's what adds to it. That builds the crowd reaction. That builds to the big moments. And that kind of protects your people. That spot didn't work out too well. I mean, she barely caught Oscar, and when she looks like it looks like she when she and when she did catch her, I mean, right on that rib cage on the ladder. Ladder doesn't give. 
I think that's a better spot, a safer spot, and you get more of a reaction. I think you could have did that throughout the match, but I, I like the chaos in this match. So I, I think I enjoyed this match maybe a little bit more than most. And yet part of it could just be the crowd. I mean, the crowd was just so hot throughout this entire thing. Yeah, they were very forgiving. And there were moments of really fun stuff in this match. Even though Shotzi tripped on the ladder run spot, the culmination of all the spots with Oscar with the hip attack and Becky with the leg drops and and Liv with the knee strike to Shotzi, all of that was really good stuff. Liv comes through in the clutch. We got Alexa Bliss with the Molly go round and everyone in the ring. That was a nice spot. I loved the Liv to Lacey powerbomb off the ladder. The delay, I was like, what the hell is going on? And the drop was great. But it was just a lot going on. And crazily enough, Raquel was strong in the beginning with the double team spots on Asuka and Becky Lynch and eventually Becky and Liv as well. And then it just kind of receded for some reason. And normally she's strong in these situations, but I felt like she was just weaker and weaker due to not really working with Asuka before. And they were struggling in some spots, especially on that announce table into an arm bar, into a power bomb, into another arm bar. It was a lot of struggling that really kind of took me out of the action. And I agree with you in the fact that Becky Lynch going for the crowd pop, you're going to grab a ladder, climb up top, give the people what they want. No, you are a heal you're supposed to be desperate you are supposed to be needy to win this briefcase to validate yourself as the next in line for a title shot where is that desperation why are you going for the war of the moment why are you going for the pop of it all that is not your character right now even though it should be but right now that's not the story you're telling as a heel a desperate heel at that another character that, that i can you know talk about right now lacey evans her She's come back as the big. Like, well, actually, who I, I don't know what who no nope, we don't know what she is. She hasn't given us her. Okay, what what is it? What is it again? Uh, what is it? Let me let me talk to you for a sec. What is it? There it Here is. It That's it. Here it goes. She hasn't given us that, so we don't know which side of the fence she's on. When she gives us that, we'll figure that out. Because in this match, she was clearly this arrogant heel. I mean. The way she just strutted up the ladder when she had the ring clear, like she had the match won and was laying people out. Like, I I, I don't get some of the character. The only person who made any sense to me, Liv Morgan and Asuka. The only two. Raquel's out there. Mm-hmm. She's just smiling about. I don't know what she's so happy about. She looks like she just got here with some Joker tear gas. I, I, I have no clue what she's so happy about because she's not winning. So I... It's just, it's the some. I, I, you know what? I need. I, I think. I, I think I'm done talking about this match because I really enjoyed it when I was watching it in the moment, and now I'm I'm talking about it and talking about the little things, and I'm, I'm just starting to realize what they could have done better, and it's kind of taking away because why are the why are the, these people acting like that? And Shotzi, even Shotzi's at least doing stuff with the ladder. Like she's making moves with the ladder, but you just have. Some of these people who are just just being characters instead of continuing a story that they've been telling or trying to tell for the past weeks. It's, it's a weird thing that was going on in this ladder match with multiple people. It was very confusing in spots. And you talk about characters. And as you mentioned, Asuka and Liv were the only people 
that you would root that you would want to root for to win this thing because they were locked in they had a purpose everybody else was just kind of like hey i'm doing my own thing here becky had a character up until last night that made sense now you want to go for the cheers of it all shot see she's miscast as a heel in all honesty and lacey evans it was funny to me because every time she dared climb the ladder noted baby face got booed every single time she was going for that briefcase. It's very telling that this babyface run is not working. And we knew it was doomed when WWE teased a hill turn about a month ago and they walked it back. But we don't know what they're doing because it's all very week to week. But thankfully, the finish saved things in the end. Yeah, the the finish was real smooth. Uh, Becky and Liv Morgan climbing atop the ladder or two ladders. Becky tries to kick Liv's, uh, Liv's, Liv off her ladder, knock her ladder over. As the ladder's tipping over, Liv catches it on the ropes with her foot, kicks it back, knocks Becky off, climbs up, grabs the briefcase. Real smooth, slick finish. Uh, really well done. The crowd pops huge for her. They were really behind Liv. And I will be completely honest with you. And I've on this show, I've said I've not been behind the Liv thing this moment right here, seeing her, seeing that reaction, seeing how she carried herself during the match and whatnot, and this and kind of her story, her personal story of her losing the big matches, but still continuing to build herself up. I saw it right there. I finally saw I and you know, I we'll we'll, we'll see later on, but I finally saw what what everyone else is seeing, you know, why she has such this big following. She's got a lot of heart, man, and and I I thought this was just a, a beautiful culmination. This match right here of, of it all, and the moment felt right, like it felt genuine, it felt earned. So I I'm on, I was on board with the live train after she won this match. I, I just I finally got it. I was I was with it after that. Welcome on board after I'm here. a long time of, you know, riding the fence. You know, you were at the platform, you were at the station wondering, should I hop on? Should I let the train pass me by? But now you're on board. Congratulations. I get it, though, because I felt the frustration with Liv's character, more so with booking over the last couple of years. But to see the journey, the story that you mentioned, you see the struggle. You see the hard work pay off. And I love the fact that she beat Becky going back to day one earlier this year. That story was late. And for her to use that rope let me kick that ladder back to where it's supposed to be that was slick as hell because that could have went disastrous in a minute but just the smoothness the execution and winning over becky leading to another becky meltdown which leads to becky's split personality i'm going for pops one minute having a breakdown the next pick elaine becky stick to it but that was a lovely moment a culmination of a lot of stuff in the last year or so really dating back to live telling charlotte flair I'm going to come back as the real me. I felt like that was a three-year journey with a lot of WWE stop gaps in between. But in the end, it was worth it. And the fans were with it the whole way through. She could have won last year's Money in the Bank ladder match, but it wasn't her time yet. This was much better in terms of build and execution. And the finish was everything as Becky continues to spiral. And I'm very happy about that end of the storyline. As we move on to... The second match on the card, which is Bobby Lashley versus Theory for the U.S. Championship. And, you know, I was really looking forward to this match for Bobby Lashley winning the championship from Theory because there's a lot of rumors going around right now that it's going to be Lashley versus Cena at SummerSlam 
if we only knew what would happen at the end of the night. But beforehand, I thought this was a lovely showcase for Bobby Lashley. He is over. I'm happy for him. He is literally living his best life. And I just wish he had those pops when he was WWE champion because right now he is one of the most overstars in WWE today and is based on his work rate, which is incredible at his age as he continues to age like a fine wine. Man, the reaction that Bobby Lashley got all night throughout his entire match was incredible it uh, the the bobby 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 but when the match started was deafening the let's go bobby chance his entrance is uh, like uh, is it's adonis like it's this is masterpiece-esque all he needs is the the pyro going off in the background like this is i this Bobby Lashley is top tier babyface potential. Is not not potential. It's top tier babyface. Like I, I, the reaction was everything, and it's 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 baffling to me that they didn't go with him versus Roman, and they haven't gone with him versus Roman. It's just that's that should have been your SummerSlam match. I that's it's right there. Their crowd is right there. You could easily put Cedric and Shelton back together and have some really good matches with the Usos. I, that, that's side note, completely different thing. But this match was really good, and I agree with you. Bobby Lashley is he is in the prime of his career right now. He's having the best, I think, the best run, best stretch, you know, few years I think he's ever had. Yes, it's tremendous. And he he immediately went after Theory with the choke slam. I loved it. And I got to give Theory credit because ironically enough, I won't give him any credit by the time the show's over. So for a while now, I've been saying that I think he's getting too much too soon. We're all about pushing younger stars, but you want to push them in a proper way. And for 15 minutes, I thought that WWE had it right. Bobby Lashley was the perfect opponent for Theory to be the heel that the fans hated for all the right reasons. They weren't apathetic. They gave a shit about Theory getting his in the end. They wanted Bobby to win. They wanted Bobby to win the championship. They wanted Bobby to have his moment. They wanted Theory to suffer. And I thought Theory played into that perfectly, going for the rolling dropkick through the ropes, going for the Spanish fly that Bobby blocked. I loved all of the counters. Their chemistry was interesting throughout this match. It just clicked for all of the right reasons. The spear was a lovely double guess into wondering, is he really going to win this way? Really going to show up Bobby and embarrass him in Las Vegas this way? I just loved how they told the story with Theory, clearly as a heel that should be despised for his antics and Bobby being the fighting badass babyface that puts in that work impressively so in the ring. And last night was a clear indication of that as he delivered some incredible moments during that match with Theory. Yeah, another moment that really stood out to me was uh, Theory went for his rolling drop kick again and this time Bobby Lashley caught him on the roll into a military press and just the the raw strength of him to be able to do that um Lashley is is a is a specimen and I I've said for a while theory is really good in the ring man I I I know people don't like our, our over the over push that he's getting right now but I I think I think he's got everything you want the only thing he doesn't have is that killer instinct on the promo game but him in the ring i think is more than good enough and makes up for that because he's not bad on the mic at all like he's he's definitely more than serviceable he just doesn't have that killer yet he 
He showed a little bit of it when he got face to face with John Cena. I think, I think being face to face with him, he was like, "Oh my God, I let me let me let me step my game up. I'm in the presence of greatness." But I, I once he gets that, he'll be on a different level. But for now, he's fine. But this match was solid, I think, and it, this was elevated by the crowd. And you, you talk about him hitting that spear. You know, there was a you could hear it in the crowd, like, "Oh no, he's about to do it. He's about to beat Lashley." But Lashley comes back, and I love that there wasn't any games. Lashley just beats him clean, taps him out too. I, they've they've done a great job with Bobby Lashley. I, he's one of the few guys. I think I think he's right up there with Roman Reigns as far as how they've handled and protected his character. Um, even the Omos loss, he's still being protected against a guy like Omos, which nobody else is getting that, but Lashley's getting that. So I, I, I just, I think they've done a really good job with him and that's why the crowd treats him special. Like he is. Yes. I thought the Chicago crowd was great. Las Vegas was even better last night. Bobby just in his own. And I love that for him. And as you keep mentioning, the draw would have been Bobby versus Roman at SummerSlam for the Undisputed Championship. That would have been the match for me. And when he grabbed the WWE Championship, that's what he wanted. He picked the U.S. title instead. I guess they pivoted, which I understand. But he is the hot hand right now. And he is on one in the best possible way. And I did love how he jacked up Theory from the A-Town Town into the Hurt Lock. That was tremendous. And Theory taps out immediately. We had no chicanery. It was a clean win by Bobby Lashley. He was busted open with that missile drop kick as it landed flush in Bobby's mouth. And it had to suck for him. Hopefully he's okay. But overall, I thought this was a really good match. Probably bet, probably Theory's best U.S. title defense in a loss, but it was still a very nice outing for him. Unfortunately, I won't have very nice things to say to him towards the end of this show. But for 15 glorious minutes, I was proud to be in Atlanta alongside Theory. So let me let me ask you this. Where do you think they go with Lashley for SummerSlam? I, I, I still assume we go, all, we go Theory, Cena. Um, it's got to happen at some point. But where do you go with Lashley at SummerSlam now with the U.S. title? Ooh, that is a good question. I would say give me Lashley versus Kevin Owens. Okay. All right. Yeah, I can get I could definitely get behind that. And then I think KO is easily a guy that could talk the building, get, get people behind Lashley too. You can yeah, I I'm with that. I like that. Off the I would also like to see T Bar get a push. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I don't know yeah. what you wanted me to say to that. So hey, wait a I'm minute! Not, don't be I'm with rude. You, but I don't want to see Lashley versus T Bar at SummerSlam. I'm, I can well. tell you that I, cer- I certainly well. don't want to see that match. Well, if he gets built up in a month, it's possible. I'm all for it as a U.S. like open challenge or something. But if that's on SummerSlam, I'm going to tell you, I'll be skipping that match. Your dead silence was so mean. So rude. And it's no shade. I like T-Bar. I I think he's solid. He should have been in Judgment Day. But I don't need to see that man at SummerSlam. That's just mean. Mean, mean, mean. Salty Scott is here. And just talking about T-Bar in such a rude way. Such a hater. 
I just can't with you. But let's talk about a advertisement that aired within the show. So Alexa Bliss earlier today is going to go backstage and she is going to enter her locker room and Lily is there and there is a whole lot of stuff from t-shirts and other assortments that she bought using the WWE debit card from Credit One and the fans booed the shit out of the building. They don't want no lame ass product placement on their shows and this was quite frankly terrible in every way this was the worst credit card product placement since george clooney portrayed batman and batman and robin when he decided to pull out the bat card can't leave home without it um you know when him and robin were having a, a, a dick a dick sizing contest in front of poison ivy that happened while they were on ice skates go check that out um, while they fought the the hockey team from hell. All right, sorry, that's an awful movie. Um, <laughs> so yeah, this um, I oh my gosh, dude, I I don't understand why they thought this was a good idea to put arguably one of your most popular acts in what's going to go down is one of the this was this is right up there with zombies from you know extreme the horror show this this was awful this is one of the worst pay-per-view segments i've ever seen terrible terrible this was bad when she pulled out that black card (laughs) i mean she she should have been like can't leave home without it ha 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 it's the lily card that's what I was expecting her to say. I'm expecting some like weird voodoo stuff to happen. I'm expecting her to pull out like a Ouija board and she pulls out the card she's going to buy the Ouija board with instead. It's ridiculous. I was appalled by this. I was like, what in the hell is this? And I'm shocked that WWE left the crowd sound on for it to get booed. They didn't pretend to add no sweetener saying, oh, we love this. Can we get a card too? Like, no, get this shit off of our screen. This is terrible. Poor Alexa Bliss had to act with a doll again. Lily, you bought t-shirts and you bought me shoes. What, 10 sizes too small? Like, what is this? Who approve this who wrote this no no like it wasn't even uh, uh, it's just a waste of time that's all it was we can we get we get we getting product placement commercials on ple's what we gotta pay the bills. you can't just say this match is brought to you by wwe credit cards can't leave home without it you can't just you can't just you can't just get Michael Cole to say that. You got to you got to give me a, a five minute idea. commercial with Alexa Bliss talking to her doll. Here's a better idea. All they had to do was have happy ass Corbin on the strip. Oh, saying I got my money on. back. There it is. Swipe, 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 swipe using the WWE credit card from Credit One. <sighs> But oh no, let's use a lifeless doll to sell our shit. You should probably clip that for YouTube and get, you know, because that, I mean, what? That's, that's money, Keela. <laughs> that's money. What? You did that right off the top of your head. Imagine what you could do if you actually took some time and thought about it. 
See, working WWE requires you to dumb yourself down. And I'm too good for them. We're too good for them. So we spent more time strategizing a better commercial than they actually did producing it and airing it on live TV for the world to see. So WWE, we smite thee. But that's not the only curious thing that popped up on this show, which we'll get to shortly. But first, got to talk about the Raw Women's Championship match featuring Bianca Belair versus Carmella. And you know what? It's like 2021 all over again. It's like last year in Houston, last year in Miami, last year on SmackDown. I see this match time and time again. It's always fine to good, but nothing special at the end of the day. I do love that category is money, honey, because they both wore dollar dollar bills on their gear and credit to Carmella. You know, today's WWE features a lot of generic ass music and basic ass titantrons. At least Carmella has a custom titantron as she rolls out in her Lamborghini. I appreciate the creativity and the budget put in as well. Well, you know, they they got plenty of they saved a lot of money by putting them on YouTube than uh you know actually putting them on a network so they're like yeah we got we, we got some extra money go ahead Phil. that what you don't know is that was actually filmed for the show but it got cut so they were like well we can't just leave this on the cutting room floor so we'll use it as our entrance video uh so that that's that's part of the cost cutting of wwe that's that's nick khan and his in his uh quote unquote this is where we throw the air quotes genius um, so this match happened <laughs> and, uh, I, I, I get an eerie feeling that we're going to get a rematch at SummerSlam and Bailey's going to come out the same way Becky Lynch did and take Carmella's spot in the SummerSlam match. Uh, it's just, it's the stars are all aligning for it. I, this match was fine. It was just to get Bianca when, again, this is kind of where you should have people ready to go. This is where, um, Carmella's just the match was a little too long. I think you can. It's okay to have like a seven minute sprint. You know, a f- five six minute just balls to the wall. Just throw everything you got. Match instead of always having to have these ten to twelve minute. Let's you know. Let's 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 slow it down. Let's bring it up. Let's slow it down. Let's take the, let's take you on this roller coaster. Um, the I the best part was the finish. You know, Carmella smacks Bianca. Bianca's like what? You like you know who I am. She hits her one time, picks her up, KOD. Let's call it a night. That's that's how you. That's how Bianca should be. That's how you should have Bianca and have it be levels to this. She's clearly levels above Carmella, and and that's how you show that. She was like, "Yo, I'm done playing with you. You got you got a good look in. This has been a good match, but I'm done with you. I'm ready to move on." That was the best part of the match, and I'm glad they didn't have Liv come in and try to cash in on Bianca because. Lord knows the reparations would not have been enough for that. (laughs) And here's a little teaser, Scott. Actually, Liv did come out on the Peacock Premium Plus feed that we do not see if we just have regular old Peacock. She came out to tease the cash, but thankfully she realized, oh, no, we're not going to do those reparations. She thought wisely in the end. Oh, well, that's a nice little nugget. I did not know that. So so to be fair, because... I actually appreciate that now. Looking back, I actually do appreciate that she did show up and kind of be like, "Oh, let me nah, let me let me not do that to Bianca. She she's not the one. She is not the one." So, but again, the match was the match was fine. It wasn't it, it wasn't a terrible match. Like Carmella's not terrible. She's not good, but she's but she's not terrible. Like I see the match was and Bianca's really good. So the match was fine. But 
it was just a way to get Bianca a win on pay-per-view. It was fine. Yes, I am sad that we did not get to see Bianca versus Rhea Ripley. And now I know why Rhea is out of action because we go back to the Fatal Five way, I believe a couple of weeks ago when she won the shot to face Bianca at this pay-per-view. She knocked herself out with her knee. Like, oh my God, that's awful. So hopefully she heals up soon because she did damage to her head and her teeth and that had to suck. I saw the footage online a couple of days ago and that was an early knee to face to herself. I haven't seen that footage, but yeah, hope good well good wishes to her. Hope she gets well soon. Uh take your time. Like there's no there's no need to rush it. Take as much time as you need to. And cause whenever that match, this the match not happening, I, I seriously think is a blessing in disguise anyway, because it should not be happening on a money in the bank pay-per-view. That is a that is a WrestleMania caliber match. SummerSlam's an okay place to have it, but that's a WrestleMania match anyway. Absolutely. And sometimes happenstance happens for a reason to delay this match for when it counts most preferably out of WrestleMania. As we move on to the undisputed WWE Tag Team Championship match featuring the Usos versus the Street Profits. And this match was absolutely fantastic. After a really slow start, the crowd was kind of dry. But when things kicked up with at, with that Angelo Dawkins hot tag Things turned around for the better. And I have to give Dawkins his props. He has been in developmental for a long time, prior to the call-up, about three years ago. And his improvement from NXT, from developmental to now, has been phenomenal. And I know that they see so much value in Montez Ford being a single star. You see it, the promo, the skill set, the 20 pounds of muscle he has added recently Absolutely. But Dawkins is also in the running for a pretty damn solid singles run as well. He was so great in this match and his confidence brims when when he's doing what he needs to do in order to get the pop, in order to get the win, in order to get over with the people. And we saw that throughout this match last night and he was absolutely exceptional when he got that hot tag to finally add some pace and speed to this match. Yeah, I actually thought Angelo was the standout in this match. You know, and you and that's not a thing you normally say when you have Montez Ford as your tag partner when he's able to be as athletic as he is, and now he just looks like a freaking muscle ball walking around. So yeah, he that hot tag that he got towards the end of the match was excellent. The the speed at which he was moving and you talk about the pace and that's not just him. That's the entire pace of the match. That's the Usos getting back up and just going for move for move for move, you know, transition to transition, just a, a beautifully laid out when he hit the corner, he did the corner splash, the twisting splash into uh, a, a Enziguri, very similar to Samoa Joe, hitting hitting that back elbow into the the Enziguri, the turning Enziguri, and he caught it flush on. I think it was Jimmy's face. Just he was rolling the the exchange of punches where we got uh, uh, Angelo and I think it was Jay Uso, Michael Cole out there calling Hagler and Hearns. I I mean. I was like, what in the world, Michael Carr? Are you calling? Are you calling this a, as a sporting event? <laughs> what is this? Is this is this NXT UK tournament, Michael Cole? What is going <laughs> on? You you must really somebody must just be watching the match and not talking to you anymore because you're pulling out sports references. And I, it worked for the moment because they Angelo Dawkins. I've never seen somebody throw as many 
clear right hands to the jaw as he did and not knock anybody out. So we got to work on the power a little bit on some of these right hands because some of them were flush and they were just still standing. But this this was my match of the night. I don't think it was close. The second, the first half of this match was it was fine. They can't be bad, but when they have these two teams out there, but that second half of the match when they hit that second gear, probably around the time they kicked out of the one of the first double super kicks when the Street Profits kicked out of that, and the crowd just really just came alive, and they just started trading moves. Angelo Dawkins is diving out the ring, landing on his feet, taking out both guys. Jimmy Uso, for the Usos, he stood out to me a lot. I mean, he was in there. The facial expressions, the way they were talking to each other added so much to the match. This this felt like a little street fight. Like, this felt like a tag team, like, legit street fight, the way they're just kind of talking smack as they hit each other. Go stay down. Take that. And you got Montez Ford in the corner leading suck it chance. I mean, what this this match was excellent. I don't know how long the match link what the match length was. Um, it to me, it felt like it was probably like a twenty minute match, and I don't mean that as a a bad thing at all because I I thought the match was just excellently built, um, and the way they did one of the finishes where well not the finish but before we got to the finish the way they did one of the hot tags. They had Montez, and Angelo did a big move to get himself free, and the crowd was hot. Montez is running the ropes, and he's hitting the ropes, and he gets the hot tag, and he makes a nice – he fakes like he didn't get the tag, but he did. Hits a nice enziguri, goes to the top rope. The crowd is with it. Looks like he's going to hit a big fro- big uh, cross body, but then Jay catches him with a big kick and cuts him off right at the beginning of the momentum that he picked up. You don't see that a lot in tag team wrestling nowadays as far as match layouts when you get a hot tag and they don't do more than one move like there's no there's no running wild there's no hot tag and running wild he gets the hot tag but then he goes real cold he's got that candle lit, but somebody just threw a bucket of water on him real quick it's i i love the layout because that's it sets it apart and the the announcers did a good job of telling that story especially michael cole actually of talking about how they're taking this from the tribal chief, wearing their opponents down, hitting a big move, and then wearing them down, grinding on them, big move, grinding on them, grinding on them, slowing the pace down. They told a really good story, and I this is an excellent, excellent tag team match. It was so good. The fans standing on their feet, giving both teams a standing ovation was fantastic the stare down and Jey Uso playing the role of Roman Reigns being a fantastic shit talker none of his words were bleep last night by the way he called like Montez and Angelo bitches he says shit hit me harder like he was really into it with the shit talking last night he was in the moment Montez Ford he's incredible he did a flip dive towards the end of this match Doc is it a flip dive. They're both incredible. And the near falls, my God, the elevated blockbuster and the look on Dawkins' face. He's become a meme now. Like, I thought this was it, and it was not. Then we have Montez hit the splash for the win. It was not the finish. He's freaking out, too. The near falls had this crowd on their feet. And ultimately, unfortunately, for Montez Ford, he ate the 1D, the D1, the day one, for the loss, but his shoulders 
were not down. They were up the entire time. That was deliberate. And that means rematch is coming most likely at SummerSlam. Yeah. And this, the way they did that, and I like how they kind of, they not only that Montez talked about it right after the match, like he was something that he pointed out right after the match. So that way, like you said, it's something that they'll be able to point to that. They'll be able to, to talk about going forward. Uh, this, the, one of the, 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 the spin at the finish that you talk about when he hit the splash, when Montez hit that big splash, that was the one that really got me because they've protected that splash. That goes back to protecting finishers and not having people just kick out of finishers. They don't really do that when it comes to tag teams. I mean, maybe it's because they're not paying attention to them, but they don't, there's not a lot of kicking out of your finishes when it comes to tag teams. So a lot of that added to it. They hit the big blockbuster. They kicked out of that. This I man, I, I can't say enough about this tag team match. I, I thought it was really good. And honestly, I think they can hit another gear. I think they could go another five, ten minutes, especially if they spread it out a little bit. And one thing I wanted to point out, Keela, we we did a, a Patreon show not too long ago and we did a we talked about the Usos match versus uh, Harper and Rowan. I think it was twenty fourteen was the year. Eight years ago, this is a completely different team. Style, uh, character-wise, the way they carry themselves, body types, the looks. I mean, just you. We they one of the guys did a springboard off of the apron into a Superman punch. I mean, with a quickness, you know, they were diving <laughs> all over the place. They look like Montez and Angelo. You ain't really see no dives or nothing from the Usos tonight, like. The, the evolution of the Usos is just a, a beautiful thing to continue to watch. And looking back at that show, so go check out the Patreon, our Money in the Bank flashback show. But looking back at that show and then watching them here and seeing how they've been able to evolve their styles and really adapt and, and make it work because they it, it fits them now. It's just a testament to them as as wrestlers and how good they are. Their evolution has been everything over the last eight or so years, and they're so great at just changing up their style and adapting to their opponents. I just got the chemistry vibes of what they have with the New Day, as they now have with Montez Ford and Angelo Dawkins. It's special. It's something that you just can't fabricate. They just go out there and they put on a show. And all I thought about in my head throughout all of this, when the match was over, I thought about the rematch, obviously, but I thought about a forbidden door being open. All I thought about in a perfect world, if we can set aside the politics, I want to see the best of the goddamn best in the ring having a match. Give me FTR, give me the Bucks, give me the Usos, give me the Profits, give me the New Day. Raise the stakes, give me whatever we need to do. I just want to see the best of the best go at it because there's so many belts going around right now in wrestling. I just want to see it because these teams are so great and everybody has a case as to being the absolute best across all promotions. Keela, it's funny you say that. Um, as I, I, because I, I had the same thought, and people who you know may pay attention to me during the in the Facebook group or on this show, or have heard some of the shots I take, like how Miz and Mrs. outdraws anything they put on Rampage on Friday nights, no matter who it is. Um, <laughs> send Mox, send Punk, it doesn't matter because you're not beating the 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 beautiful kids of the of the Mizanins. Let me just throw that out there. George and Marjo are undefeated. 
and they will continue to be. But you may be surprised to know, man, I was thinking the Usos versus the Young Bucks. It's got to happen somehow, some way, uh, because I think just those two teams, I think their styles would gel really well. The Briscoes are another team I was thinking about watching the the Usos have this slugfest. I, I agree with you on the Forbidden Door, but those were the two teams that really stood out to me. Like, man, I would love to see them duking it out with them. I would love to see just a super kick bonanza between the Young Bucks and the Usos and just see a just the the literal slugfest and the the brutality of a Briscoes and a Usos street fight. Like I man, I agree with you. Those matches have got to happen. Vince is, has got to let himself through the door because he could if he really wanted to and just let himself through the door just for tag team wrestling. Just for that because it would be so good. That was all in my head. Like, this is just too great. And I want to see the best versus the best. We got like 10 belts across all these fucking promotions right now. And I just want to see like a supersized match with everybody involved because it was that good last night. And I want it again at SummerSlam. The Usos are great. The Street Profits are amazing. That's all I thought about a super ass match. That would be awesome because there's so much great tag team wrestling around the world. And I just want Vince to walk through the Forbidden Door. Hey, Stephanie, can you walk through the Forbidden Door and make this happen someday? Because that would be a lot of fun for fans. I just keep thinking about the possibilities of just taking a risk and just having fun and just letting these cross-promotional events happen because the fans want to see the elite versus the elite in wrestling. Why not go there? Why not give the people what they want? I know I know it's not going to happen, but now that you got me fantasy talking... I'm just thinking about FTR holding, you know, those those three titles and you got the Young Bucks holding their titles and all of a sudden, you know, you hear Usos and they walk out and they got both of their titles and just the the the, the jaws dropping and just the, the pandemonium and the meltdowns that would happen would be epic and to see all of those belts in the ring together and to see them just it would it would be a moment in wrestling history not a w history wwe history that would be a moment in wrestling history that would would literally be unmatched i i, I couldn't imagine any, unless you put the world champions in the ring together which you're not going to do but that would be an it would just be incredible, and, that, and now, now I'm I'm overthinking and I'm fantasy booking, just especially things I know is not going to happen. I, but just just Vince, just 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 go through the just just crack through the window, just open a window, let a couple of them boys through, let them boys through the window, man. He ain't got to go through the door. <laughs> just slide just through, through the window. window. It's all good. Yeah, just the thought of them having a championship summit, all those belts assembled at one place at one time, just them standing there. We don't have to have the match just yet. Just let them stand there with all of the gold. That would break the internet in a lot of ways. And I would want all of that preserved, not only on film, but put that on a t-shirt as well. I would buy that. Hey, that gets me... Like, what, what would happen if Roman, Mox, and... You know, I I don't know. I was gonna say Josh Alexander, but people would be like, "Who's that?" No disrespect. I like Josh, but that I mean, that's what they would say. But like, what would people do if Roman and Mox just took a picture? You know, I mean, had their belts and was like, "Yo, 
what's up? And we're just, you know, looking at each other, posing. Like, people would have a meltdown. It would, even if it meant nothing, and they were just chit chatting, and Renee was like, oh, let me take a picture. Ah. You know, <laughs> okay, that wasn't right. She wouldn't do that. She wouldn't do the little ha ha ha. She'd be like, you dickheads. Let me take a picture. You losers. Look at you. You're, you're, you want to kiss and make up? You want to you excited? You seeing each other? You're my bad, Renee. You're right. You better than that. But they, I, I, like the people go crazy over something little like that. I think people, I think they should do it more often. They should just post random pictures of the crossovers all the time. I would do it. If I was Xavier Woods, I'd go see yeah. Cesaro. I'd be like, come on, let's pose. <laughs> What are they going to do to us at this do? point? Right. Fire They're us. Fire the new day. No, I wish they would. Try it. See what would happen. You know, let's take those forbidden pictures we're not supposed to be taking with our friends. Why not? And now I'm more, I'm doing more fantasy booking now. Now I'm thinking about Blackpool Combat Club versus uh, Bloodline. Stop it, Keela. Stop it now. Stop see? it now. Ah. Ah. Paul, Paul Heyman and William Regal going at it on the mic. Oh, my God. God. Perfection. Well, Mox paces oh. in the background. Roman just standing still looking, looking chill. Mox is pacing in the background. Daniel Bryan's grinning because he knows Mox is ready to just snap <laughs> and he can't wait because he's going to give somebody a knee. You got the Usos just, they gritting their teeth. They talking smack. Jimmy's over there. He fired up. Jay's just standing. He kind of pacing too. Wheeler Yuta's looking like, yo, Hey, I, I'll, hey, man, I don't know what I'm going to do. Cesaro's like, all right, you know, I'm ready for whatever. Cesaro's that guy. But Wheeler Yuta, he's going to be ready when the fight starts. But as of right now, he's like, yo, hey, I have no idea how this is going to pop off. <laughs> he just the observer He's, he's just watching this. right now. Like, let me pick my spot. And pick it very carefully. Do I go for Solo? Do I go for him? The Street Fighter? I might have a shot. Be careful going after the Street Fighter now. Hey, you you better you better go after Jimmy. You better you better go after Jimmy. <laughs> better not pick Solo. He ain't the one. Yeah, Jimmy can afford to let the family down, and Roman will like judge him. Like, see what you did? You lost to Willie Yuta. How dare you? Don't, don't play with Solo. He, he's not the one. Solo from he's, the he's not the one. Jimmy and Jimmy and Jay are the ones. Solo is not the one. <laughs> he's the most dangerous oose of all because he's Come from on. the streets alright so as we fantasy booked something that would never happen unless it's like 2025 or 2030 let's switch to another video package that aired on this show and after extensive rewatches and further investigation I have determined who this is for. So at first, I'm looking at the visuals of lights and churches and crosses and birds flying and shit and candles being lit. I'm thinking, oh God, Bray Wyatt is coming back. And then I look at it again. There's a gold medal being shown. Is this Gable Stevenson's vignette? But then when you really slow down the video, frame for frame, you get some hints. Gold medal. We got a Latino heat license plate on the ground we got the hardy's gear we got the dudley's eyeglasses this is clearly the build and return of edge the crosses the lights the candles all very game grell and broody from his early days in wwe so this is clearly a sleekly produced vignette for edge i loved it it took me a while to get there 
but I am intrigued by his return, hopefully with some proper Alterbridge metalingus, which will really make me happy. So, yeah, I think I, th- I think Edge is it's got to be Edge, but part of me thinks he wouldn't be coming alone, right? Why? Why would Edge think that he can go it alone against Finn Balor and Damian Priest? You know, he he picked Damian Priest for a reason, and Finn. We know Finn Balor is that guy. He is who he is. He's not going to go it alone. Beth Phoenix can hand and Rhea Ripley. They can kind of neutralize each other on that end of the spectrum if we get to it. I think maybe we are getting Bray Wyatt as well. And I think maybe we could be getting a double return. And that's kind of where so, – because somebody's coming with Edge. And I, I, I think that's kind of why we're going to get this. I think we're going to get Edge and everybody's like, oh, Edge. And then we're going to get somebody else. And I – Maybe it is a Bray Wyatt. Maybe Bray Wyatt does come back and he's like, you know, I had to go to hell to get this guy, somebody who, you know, understands what it's like to be scarred and, you know, to be burned, you know, to just to feel pain and to just have kind of a split personality a little bit, you know, and that's kind of why how we get the fiend back and, you know, Edge, he's, he's, he's dived into that character before like he did with Edge and Hell in the Cell. So I wouldn't be surprised because I think you're right about Edge and all that stuff is all the Easter eggs you laid out definitely point to him. But I wouldn't be surprised if we also get Bray Wyatt along with Edge because I just don't think he's coming alone. I can sense that too. You need friends. You need some recruits. Wyatt could be that guy. I just love the video package. It was different from WWE. It had a lot of people guessing. I'm on Edge right now. The clues do hint at all of his past feuds in WWE making him the man he is today. And he does need help because you cannot fend off Damian Priest and Finn Balor, your wife, Scott, Rhea on lock, but you need friends and somewhat high places to make this rivalry stand out. And we'll see how it goes. But for the teaser, I loved it because it had people guessing for a good five minutes that you really looked at the evidence and say, hey, that is really edge at the end of the day. It's good. Good video. I, and we'll see it on Raw at least six times. So, you know, there's <laughs> that. That's what they do as we move on to the SmackDown Women's Championship match featuring Ronda Rousey versus Natalia. And I believe that the Peacock was twitching for Scott. It was doing some malfunctioning. And he thought to himself, well, this match doesn't have a lot going for it. Shall I skip it or shall I watch it through? And that was quite the task because honestly speaking, this match was a struggle early on. Yeah, my the, the cock was twitching and I was you know trying to decide if I should keep playing with it or if I should just leave it alone and, you know. It kind of, you know, I, I, you know, when I when I really tightened up and, and thought about it, and you know, really decided to 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 really stiffen up what I was gonna do, I I, I decided to to just to just keep playing and then just keep stroking forward, and um, you know, the, what do you know, the, the the cock just straightened right on up for me, so I uh, I was able to, to to get right back on the saddle and and watch the the Natalia Ronda Rousey match and. Boy, am I glad I did because, uh, well, at least for the ending. Let me tell you, I don't really remember much about the match. The match was there. It was fine. They tried to tell this personal story even though they were exchanging holds and Natalia was doing her normal, you know, flip off her head, which is impressive. But what does that have to do with her when she called you a freaking pinhead, you know, and she said everything about you is fake. So why are you doing flips? It doesn't make any sense to me. But 
the end of the match. You know, we we Natalia's worked her leg over. She wore it down. Ronda has to quote unquote fight from behind from Natalia, who has the most losses in WWE history. So there's that for you. Liv Morgan comes out and and you know has you know decides to cash in her her money in the bank and instead of you know instead of hitting the the big instead of hitting her finisher while Ronda was on the ropes, which I I thought was was perfect and, and would fit perfect because all Ronda had to do was like yeah come on I don't care bring it on while she's leaning on the ropes and get ready to sit up and Liv jumps right into the ropes hits her finisher one two three they you know WWE going WWE and just do too much man wasn't Ronda's legs supposed to be hurt wasn't that the whole reason that Liv wanted to cash in but Ronda's her legs were sure strong enough to just hold Liv and walk around with her in the ankle lock like little things man pay attention to the little things it didn't take away from it she still got a great reaction but the little things that uh, just uh, if it would even if she kicked out and then Liv sets her up for it and hits and then she catches her goes to a quick ankle lock then we go to the kick set it back up one more time that's different but the way it was set up I I I thought it was a little muddled but the reaction was still great yes I just would prefer to hit the finish right there and be done with it was right there like why are we having this struggle of ronda being super ronda let me fight back bat knee and all let me lock in this ankle like i said live please god don't tap don't tap don't tap please god grab the ropes and ronda kept pulling her away like oh god get out of it she did thankfully and then she did the roll up i would prefer oblivion as the finisher it would have been more definitive a win is a win, but WWE did a little bit too much trying to protect Ronda. You want to make a star, then you make a star, damn it. They did so to a point, but make it definitive. Make it decisive. Don't play around and say, oh, let her have this fight and struggle. Fuck that. Pin her. If she wants to go on break, let her go on break decisively. Damn. I will say, when Ronda was leaning on the ropes after she won her match and Liv Morgan's music hit, her facial changed, and when she said, shit... That was one of the greatest things I have ever seen out of Ronda Rousey. I thought that was spot on and felt so real. Like, God dang, dude, she, she coming right now. Even though it was Liv Morgan, she, the way her face turned, she was like, you, you can see her talking to her. Yeah, you know, my, my leg is messed up. I, yeah, I'm all right. I'm, I'm, I think I'm good. Just give me a minute. Music hit, and she turned and looked like, shit. Oh, it was, that was, <laughs> mwah, that was chef's kiss. That was actually pretty good. That was like an authentic reaction. Like, oh, yeah, no, here we go. Great. This isn't going to go well for me. But I'm going to try, though. But I will give Rhonda credit for this. I got to say, she was shady as hell when she locked in the sharpshooter. And she hit the Shawn Michaels pose. Like, Rhonda Rousey, <laughs> if you come back and be a full-blown heel, do more of that. Because that was fucking hilarious. <laughs> I mean, she, she, she. This is this is what this is what people were looking at when Roman Reigns was saying suffering succotash when he should have been the tribal chief this entire time. Like that, Ronda, Ronda being this this baby face is not going to work when she can do great things like that and, and just be posing on people. That's believable. I one hundred percent believe Ronda could put these women in a hold and hold them there and pose on them. I 100% believe that and would believe that. I would believe 
if she folded these people up in pretzels and was just smacking them around and was like, and just Brock Lesnar, the division that's believable. That's, that's what people are waiting for out of Ronda. Yeah, you can, but when you're going to, people, you, you run the risk of her getting too dominant people cheering her, but that's when you throw the Liv Morgans at her. Liv Morgan is established as, as the ultimate underdog baby face right now in that division. Because I think a lot of other baby faces might have had the crowd turn on them a little bit because she's had a lot of opportunities, but they've stayed with her. She's the ultimate baby face. So that's who you throw at when you when Rhonda starts getting cheered and stuff. But man, she's gonna be a great hill whenever they just let her go and let her be Rhonda, like they did at the end of her first run. Yes. Yeah, so if she comes back as a heel, hopefully she will. My only thing is if you're a baby face, be a baby, if you're gonna be a baby face. Be a baby face, sell it. Even though you don't believe it, sell to the very best of your ability. When she comes back as a heel, if she's motivated to come back as a bad guy, she's money. You hit the HPK pose on Bret Hart's 65th birthday. <laughs> that is the ultimate shade. And I laughed. That was a choice. And she knew it. And I loved it. Like, Rhonda, bring that back. Whenever you decide to come back from your break, if you're going on break, I don't know for sure, but bring that petty energy because I lived. She was bringing sexy boy back. She sure did. And I loved it. Hit the pose on the man's birthday. His sworn enemy. Chef's kiss times two. Beautiful. But here's a question, Scott, before we move to our main event. So Liv is the champion, and everybody has this doomsday scenario. Charlotte Flair's coming back. She'll lose it at SummerSlam. Dear God, I hope that doesn't happen. <laughs> hey, you know what? I, I'll be that guy. That doesn't bother me. That, that does not bother me at all. As long as the plan is for Liv to get the win back at WrestleMania. If this is going to be the year of Liv Morgan... That doesn't bother me. I have. I don't care. I don't mind Charlotte being this dominant shadow that whenever she shows up, you have no idea when that lightning is going to strike. Because when it does, she's just going to tear everything up. Like there, like the way way you talk about Charlotte right now, like that's that's. I think that's a good thing. Like because you know that any Charlotte Flair match at any time, there's a real possibility she could win the title. I don't have a problem with, and I think that has to be the SummerSlam match because you're. No, there's nobody who causes a bigger threat to Liv Morgan, and there's no match that would say more about what you're going to do with the division than that match. Because if Liv Morgan beats Charlotte Flair at SummerSlam, you are telling everyone we are 100% behind Liv Morgan, and this is your next top-tier baby face behind Bianca Belair. If she loses to Charlotte Flair... Then it's going to be all about the follow-up to that. It'll be all about the follow-up to that match because then it could be two things. They could not have any faith in her or they could be telling a story, a long-term story that they're going to fumble the ball and pick up at the two and somehow get it across the goal line. But I I don't have a problem with Charlotte being the boogeyman of the women's division. You know, I love Charlotte most of the time. And these are the moments I'm a little worried. I just don't know because the booking can be shaky. The match would be great. And the good news is there's history. 
dating back three years ago because that was Liv's last match on SmackDown prior to the makeover. And we can play into that a bit. It'll be a great match. I truly believe so. And I do go with your theory. She can have that Bianca Belair moment of losing at SummerSlam, regaining all that momentum at WrestleMania, and she'll win the big one there. I can accept that. But Charlotte bulldozing her, I won't allow it. That's just, mm mm-mm. No. And then she'll lose it again. I just can't take Charlotte and these short-ass reigns as champion. I just can't take and it. And part of me doesn't think that's going to happen because this is the year that Bianca beats Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania anyway. Or at least that's what it should be. That's what should be happening with Charlotte Flair WrestleMania anyway. So, I, you know, I, I think Liv Morgan, if she does play Charlotte, I think she messes around and beats Charlotte at, at a SummerSlam if that's the match. But then I have to ask, I, you know, I bring this question back to you if it's not charlotte who does she wrestle who do you have Liv morgan go against do you have her go against ronda seems like ronda's on her way out i know one person at home right now that would love to get the call real quick yeah well if if, if sasha gets the call you got to give sasha the belt absolutely that is how you would tell that story Perfectly. Well, I see that's and that it's the same. And I, I agree with that, too. It's the same thing with Charlotte, though. Like I and that's that's part of I, I think like because that's the same. You can tell the same story. But even if you don't like I don't think either of those two should be losing to live Morgan unless you're really like, I don't know, man. I, I don't even now I'm thinking about it. I don't think you can put live over Charlotte. I, I don't think you can do that at SummerSlam off of a one-month build. I, I think you you give the belt back to Charlotte and Liv gets it back at WrestleMania. But then that screws up because I Bianca should be beating should be putting the final notch in her Four Horsemen bingo card this year at WrestleMania. Like that should be the plan. So I I don't know, man. I, I don't know what they do, but I I hope there's big things for Liv because I'm I'm on board with the train now. Yes, call Sasha immediately. <laughs> That'll help. Bailey's on her way back, too. Yes, she would be great, too. So if we can get Sasha on the horn, she's under contract still. Something's up because you don't say something and then nothing happens. So something's up there. Bring bring Bailey back, too. And then we got something. The rest of that division, choices right now. I don't trust it. So we need to live with some good opponents. Charlotte, Sasha, Bailey, Ronda, when she comes back, I'm good. Bring some people from NXT. Pay Io Shirai, damn it. Do that, but we'll see as we head closer to the end of her contract in WWE later this month. And now it is time for our main event. The men's Money in the Bank ladder match featuring Seth freaking Rollins in a very sweet robe, by the way. I loved the aesthetic last night. We got Riddle in the mix as well as Omos, Drew McIntyre, Sheamus, Sami Zayn, Matt Cat Moss, and we are about to begin this match, and Adam Pierce comes out, noted WWE official, and he tells the crowd that we're in Sin City, we're in Las Vegas, and we're going to go all in. We're going to raise the stakes a bit. Why not have seven participants? Let's have an eighth man in this match. And we're excited, wondering who could this possibly be? Who's returning? Did Cody steal John Cena's magic stem cells? Did he magically heal from his pectoral injury and in record time? Oh, no. Instead, it's theory. And the crowd goes dead. 
and so do I, because that was a very underwhelming announcement and no shade to Scrap Daddy. I can see why Sonya slapped your ass on SmackDown for reparations. Nah, I ain't getting on the Sonya train. Like, I ain't getting on her train that quick. I still, I, I still ain't rocking with Sonya like that. I will say this. That hype he gave up, I was like, yo, did they did they get RVD for a one-night deal? Like, they going to have RVD come in and jump off a ladder for a one-night deal? Because who they hyping up that's going to get the reaction that, you know, because... I felt like the people were re- like, this was a hot crowd. So they would have blew the roof off of literally anybody else. But it's like, if AJ Styles would have came out, they probably would have went crazy. Like they would have gave that dude a hero's welcome. I, but you know, and I, I like theory. I am a theory fan. I think theory, I said, it, I've already said it. I think he has everything you could ask for. And, you know, I'll say this on air, too. Keelan and I were talking off air. He's going to be this generation's Triple H, whether we like it or not. It's it's going to happen. He's going to be the guy, whether we like it or not. He's going to be the guy that they count on, that they put in these spots, that they continue to push, that they continue to elevate. You see how they hyped him up as a big deal, and Adam Pearce did it with a straight face. Drew McIntyre's facial reaction when they said it was beautiful, by the way. He gave a look like, <laughs> what? This guy come? All right. Oh, I mean, the facial reactions on this show were just spot on. Those reactions that they were giving when they announced Theory were just beautifully done. Drew McIntyre's, go out of your way to watch his facial reactions. Him in the beard just was, it, it was great. Think of Ron, what's his name? Ron Swanson from uh, Parks and Rec. Just, Beautiful facial reactions. Um, this I, theory is just—it's just such a—you're over pushing a heel and getting the wrong kind of heat. It's—I don't know if it's, you'd want to do that to this 24-year-old genuine prodigy who people may not like, but he is as good as anybody else. Like he's—he's he's just as good as anybody in the ring, I think, for WWE for that, especially at that age, and I. I think they're just they're shoving him down their throats and this is just not gonna it's not gonna pan out because I he's not believable against anybody cashing. He's definitely not believable in Roman Reigns. I can't imagine him cashing on Roman or Brock. You know I have allowed you to be my tag team partner for almost a year now. And I even forgave your peacock joke because we're friends and we trust each other. But for you to fix your lips to say this is going to be our generation's Triple H, I must smite you for all that is holy. How dare you? How dare you wish a reign of terror on us? I'm getting old. I'm going to be 50 and this dude is going to be a 20 time champion. I will not have it. I will not allow it. He's going to mess around and marry one of Stephanie's daughters in the next 15 oh years. Gosh. I am horrified. <laughs> oh my <laughs> gosh. <laughs> I know he's young, but oh my goodness. Um, <laughs> we, that's going to be the next ESPN 30 for 30. It's going to be on theory and the, and the daughters. <laughs> The theory daughters, a theory on daughters, um, the McMahon theory. Um, it's, it's 
so um I, i'm just telling you i'm just letting people know like this is the vibe of this guy is going to be he's going to be the next triple h man he's he's going to be that wrestler that gets the big push that people are like why did he keep getting pushed but he's solid like he's super solid and if he didn't get over pushed people would appreciate him that's going to be theory going forward and you know we just i i'll go as far as to say don't be surprised as if he cashes in on cody the night after wrestlemania hey I, 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 I you we we all know how wwe books especially when they're behind somebody who like especially when they're behind somebody like like theory and who vince loves and he's getting this this type of heel heat and this type of reaction I I wouldn't put it past them. Cody's wondering to himself, you know what? I became Vecna for this, for this outcome last night. I sacrificed my body for this and to know that if he wins that championship at WrestleMania and gets cashed in on the next night on Raw, he's calling Tony Khan, get me out of this contract. Trade me back to AEW now. I cannot take this. No, no, that's the ultimate Triple H flex. No. See what you're doing, Scott. See what you're doing. Triple H tactics already. I'm disappointed in you. I, I'm not doing it. This is this is not my doing. This this is what happens when Cody Luther King goes on the sidelines. Just mayhem happens in the background. <laughs> There's nobody running things. Brandy's not cutting down the open mics in the creative meetings. You know, she's not shutting that down. <laughs> so there's just there's just mayhem going on right now. Papers are flying. Nobody knows what's going on. I, the only the only thing I can think of that they might do is have Cena beat Theory for the briefcase and have him walking around with the money in the bank, teasing whenever he wants to cash in for the record 17th world championship. Now, see, that's a better outcome. See how easy that was to go on the torturous route with Triple H, the second coming via uh, oh, you mean in the next 20 you mean, years. You mean instead of going the realistic route of Austin Theory becoming a 10-time world champion, which is probably what's going to happen by the time 2030 happens? I'm horrified. I'll be 50 years old, bitter as hell. No. <laughs> bitter as hell. Hell no. Yes, on this show, on this show, being bitter, Bitter with you as an old lady. Oh man! Well, hey, listen. That I, I'm, I'm just preparing you. So you got eight years to prepare yourself for ten world title reigns. <laughs> so you can, you can take it how you want. You can take your sabbaticals whenever you need to. You know, whenever those periods come. But that, that's what's. Hey, I, I, that, that's just how I, I really feel, man. Just the way. He's the way he's going and he's that good. Like he's going to keep getting better though. Like that's the thing I think he's, once he finds his groove, I, I think he's really going to start fitting in more with the main event players. But I, I just see that guy being in the mix from here on out going forward. You know what? I agree to a point, but no, I will never accept that ever. I like him as a dumbass when he was in the way. That was fun, Austin Theory, to me. This theory, he's all right. He'll get better. But, you know, he's just not my cup of tea right now. He will grow on me in time. But right now, the overpush is a bit excessive. But let's not just talk about theory. We got to talk about the true star of this match. Omos slamming people around, being dominant, being buried by ladders, 
getting unburied by ladders, killing more people in kayfabe, then ultimately we get the supersized shield powerbomb as basically everyone picks up Omos and powerbombs his ass through the announce table in the spot of spots. I felt like the Planeteers combined their powers to pull this off and Captain Planet didn't appear. Seth Rollins, the architect, came back for a minute. You saw him calling the shots. He looked like Peyton Manning out there calling audibles as he saw Ray Lewis lining up on the outside getting ready to come on in with a blitz and lay his tail out. Um, That was beautiful. I thought that was a great powerbomb right there by everybody. Um, The way they picked him up over there, that was really impressive, actually, to watch them lift that giant of a man and then literally toss him. Like they, that wasn't like a, they just, you know, kind of dropped him. They, they gave a little toss there. That was rather impressive. Um, you know, Omos is a, is a mammoth of a man. And I thought he did fine in this match, you know, especially as the odd man. out. I know they always keep a big man in this match, uh, but I, I thought he did fine. They really laid into him with those ladders though. Like they, they really were smack. Like Sheamus was really smacking him around with those ladders. That first ladder he threw at him, that was. Let me tell you, man. Sheamus is one of my favorite guys. I love Sheamus. He's he's different. He brings a different brutality to every match. He was really laying in some shots today. Somebody somebody must have really stuck him at some point because he was really laying it in. He really was. I love the teamwork reluctantly between McIntyre and Sheamus as well as they were trying to beat the shit out of Theory. I love that. I actually want them to be a tag team again. They would be badasses in that role. And poor Matt Cap. Omos hit the shit out of him with that ladder. I thought he was gone for the match. He magically came back. But unfortunately for him, he's not very over with the crowd right now. That'll come with time. But every time he tried to tease climbing the ladder to grab the briefcase, no heat. I felt for him. But he will get there in time. Just give it time. But in that moment, you got the Lacey Evans treatment of, no, sir, we don't see it for you. You guys. think that's what it was. What it was where people were wondering why is this grown man looking shaking while he's climbing up the ladder? Did you see how he was climbing? Did you see him climbing up the ladder? <laughs> what was that? The first time he climbed up the ladder, he was like, you know, when a cat like licks their paws and then they like rub their paws against their head, like they're like, like, like it's like to giving themselves a bath. He was doing that, like he was like rubbing the sweat off of his hand and then like rubbing his chin, like it was a weird thing he was doing on top of the ladder. And he was alternating hands, like I, I don't know what. He was doing, and then the second time he was climbing the ladder, he's like just shaking the ladder every like. He, I, I have never seen a more awkward person climb up a ladder. Like even when William Regal had that gimmick, I think it was Regal that had the yeah, it was because it was him and I think Dave Taylor when they were a tag team back in the day, and they had this fatal four way ladder match with London and Kendrick, and he was terrified of ladders, and that was his thing. And even he didn't shake and, and, and tremble like that. I I have no idea if this was real. He was just really afraid of heights, but I've never seen a more awkward climb from a grown man of a ladder. That was that was something. He might be scared of heights. Well, you, well, you can't be in the match then. You, you, what? You can't be in the match if you're scared of heights. 
You you don't think that's something you should be telling people that you are afraid of heights? Because now that I think about it, I don't remember him ever getting back up on the ladder besides those two times when he was shaking trembling <laughs> like he was in a freaking freezer with no clothes on. You gonna you gonna tell Keila, you gonna tell me that this man is afraid of heights, but he wants to be in a ladder match to win a contract. You afraid of heights? Make- oh my gosh. <laughs> Now, 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 now to be now, fair. See, see, now, now you're bringing Salty Scott out. I was feeling real perky this whole time. I, was, I told you I was been in a really good mood. Now you're bringing Salty Scott out. What in the world? You can't, you afraid of heights, but you want to be in a ladder match. You are mad. Madcap is mad. Madcap is mad. That's, that is, that, trying to do something you know you can't do and keep doing it, like the ladder. He kept trying to climb the ladder even though he knows he's not going to be able to do it. He's insane. That's insanity. That is literally the definition of insanity. Now, I want to be oh, fair. I can't wait to hear this. <laughs> I can't wait to hear how you're going to be fair for the guy who's afraid of ice but wants to be in the ladder match. Please. Now... I'm trying to separate. Go ahead, go ahead. Take your time. Separate, se- separate it like you would some some paper. Go ahead, rip that thing in half. Separate it in half. Cut it right down the middle. Okay. As I try to recover, so Matt Cap is not afraid of heights. Whatever his government name is, is, and he couldn't sell the fact that oh shit, I'm climbing this really tall ladder. And I'm going to grab this briefcase and I might win. And I don't know how to sell it. I think life flashed before his eyes. And if he's scared of heights, then pick AJ Styles to be in this match instead. And I love Matt Cap, but no. You know what? Let me tell you something. If I put this man in this main event ladder match <laughs> and I see this guy up there trembling, this big jacked up dude who I just put over one of my favorite guys in Corbin, because we know they love Corbin, I am pissed off. I'm upset. <laughs> I am throwing my hands in the air, and I got to ask, why? Why is he in the match? You cannot... Kila, you want to talk about me putting stuff in the air and putting these these crazy thoughts in the air. You you got this thought that this there's no way this man is... He can't be. Because that would be crazy. That would be crazy, right? To be afraid of heights, but be in this ladder match. Because that, you know what? This, it's, that, and, and that's why this was the third best match of the show. Well, I'm sorry. Either that or this is his first time touching a ladder and he didn't know what to do. What was it, cold? Did his hand, when he touched it with his hands, did it get cold? <laughs> what? I don't know. I don't hey, know. I wish I had an answer. I don't know either. I don't know if he uh, did he ever go to Home Depot, Lowe's, Ace Hardware? Did he ever touch a ladder in his life? Did he climb a ladder to change a light fixture? Did he use a ladder to paint his house? I don't know why he was so scared. It was sad. I mean, he like a sad kitten stuck. He in was a throwing the ladders just when they when he wanted to throw it when he wanted his his reparations. He was throwing them just fine at Omas. He had no problem t- throwing the ladder and touching the ladder. And then when he had to go get his reparations on, he had no problem. But he wanted to go. He needed him to go climb the ladder and look like a badass. This dude looked like Courage the Cowardly Dog. Like what is going on? <laughs> I just I, I'm I, I'm flabbergasted. I'm baffled. 
I'm just I'm just confused as to what what the thought process was. But you know, I, and who even remembers Sami Zayn being even being in the match? All I remember him doing is catching catching an awkward powerbomb from guess who? Scared Cat Moss. <laughs> you know, I, I I don't I don't know, man. I I don't know. The main event was you know I. Theory's fine as a winner, but this the match was okay. It was it wasn't it will not be remembered as a money in the bank match. From this day <laughs> forward. <laughs> Scared Cat Moss is his new name. I, I I even can't reject it. It's that it sticks. I don't want to see him climbing really nothing. Does. I don't want to see him do no top rope moves. I don't want to see him ever talking about climbing no ladder of success. He can't even talk about ladders or or reaching new heights. He can't say nothing like that. He needs to talk about being grounded, you know, keeping it keeping on his two feet, you know, keeping a, a level head and, and, and staying on the ground. Because if I ever see that man in a main event climbing a ladder, I I, I don't know what I don't know what I, I guess I'm gonna tweet something angry, but I'm gonna be upset and I'm gonna tweet something angry and I'm gonna tell the world. Oh my gosh, we're so sorry for bearing this man for five you did minutes, it. but it's deserved. Well, you were trying to figure out what happened, and I said he was scared of heights, and now we scared Cat Moss, and I still have an open invitation for him to go to Red Lobster. <laughs> and he, and he daggone sure ain't invited to the cookout now, and I'm certainly not sitting by this dude and sharing no basket of, of cheddar biscuits with him. <laughs> you scared to climb a ladder? You could break me. You could break me in half, but I can go climb a ladder, and I don't have to worry about you ever getting to me. And I can laugh at you. <laughs> what? This guy can't sit with me at Red Lobster. Oh my god! So, what did you think of the match? <laughs> <laughs> Those are my thoughts on the match. Well, let's be honest. Um, this wasn't the best Money in the Bank ladder match I've ever seen. It was kind of all over the place. We had people scared to climb ladders. We had Omas being a giant, getting tossed aside at various ports, and I'm tossing people to kill the heat. Riddle was a favorite in this match. Got a pop every time he was involved. The super RKO off the ladder to Rollins was pretty badass. And then as he's on the cusp of grabbing that briefcase, winning at long last, we have that damn theory just drop Riddle to the canvas and grab the briefcase to be Mr. Money in the Bank. People are shocked. They're leaving the building in droves. It's just a bad way to end the show. And this is not a memorable ladder match. I miss Kevin Owens. I think he was in, he was going to be in this match, but unfortunately he suffered a minor injury. And that might explain why Matt Cap couldn't climb ladders because this was a last minute decision by WWE. And I miss KO because he would provide the chaos and the bumps and the turmoil throughout this match. But theory being Mr. Money in the Bank, I'm just not feeling it. It was a very odd choice. And it felt like all of the qualifying matches were a giant waste of time to know a dude just can just get in by who he knows, wins the match, wins the briefcase, and now he gets to call the shot for the next year or so. It's a choice by WWE. It's a way to get heat. I get it. And he could be the next Triple H. But 
I am going to be very frank in saying the following. That theory has been around since the Cleopatra egg incident at Survivor Series 2021. And he popped a number one week for Monday Night Raw. And ever since then, he's been getting a push. Good for him. But up until last night, he had a nice match against Bobby Lashley. But you don't have the equity as a heel to garner this reaction, this response as being Mr. Money in the Bank. One guy and one guy alone deserves that accolade. Because despite my indifference towards this person, I will say that the noted ratings king after 11 o'clock p.m. on Monday nights, Michael Mazanin put in five good years in WWE prior to winning the Money in the Bank briefcase in 2010. When he grabbed that briefcase, I believed it. He earned it. He had equity and clout with the audience. They loved it. They loved him for reasons I didn't get, but I understand why. He built up goodwill despite being a heel. Theory has none of that right now. He's a budget Miz, low rent, cheap imitation of the Miz. And I'm proud to say that because at least the Miz had the resume to back up the win. At least he had the clout and the name value to justify winning the briefcase and cashing in later that year. Theory has none of that. He might someday, but he is no Michael Mazan. And I will respect that man for that because at least I saw the man's journey from tough enough to, he couldn't reach shit for the diva search, but he managed to overcome all of that to be Mr. Money in the Bank. And he might not remember retaining that WWE championship at WrestleMania, but damn it, he did. I will not say the same for Theory, regardless if he cashes in successfully or not on Roman Reigns, on Brock or Cody between now and next year. So therefore, Michael, you are better than cheap-ass imitation version of you, budget wish version Theory, even though he represents the A, but not my A, damn it. He is not an AC alien to me. It was just beautiful. Just, just, <laughs> just a beautiful speech. That's, that's, that's what I'm here for. That's what I'm here for. You know, the ratings king, Michael Mazan, and getting the love that he deserves. You know, he's just, he's just one of those guys that you look to and you're like, you want to talk about, you want a hard worker? Look at Mike. Call Mike. You want and speaking of Mike, I, I, I know we got to wrap up. I know we're running. On, I, I know we're running out of time. And I don't want me and the boss are actually on on good terms this week. Oh, you know what? Me and Gigi were on good terms. Then he talked about LeBron going on the Warriors, but I'm gonna let that slide. I'm gonna let that slide. <laughs> I'm because I'm, I, I, you know what? I'm 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 good. I'm gonna let that slide. I, I've been good all week. I'm gonna let that slide. But you know, it's <laughs> did you the Michael Mizanin video package that played? Excellent, excellent video package, by the way. So just just a great night for Mike, and he wasn't even on the show, but he got love on this show from you, and he got a beautiful video package that was just just chef's kiss. You know, I've done this twice for him this year. If I do it a third time, this is hell. So he, 
anybody else in WWE. Don't make me prop the Miz up because of your failings theory, okay? Don't let me do this again. I've done it twice for Michael. I don't want to do it a third time. And I've made Scott's night by saying all of these lovely things about The Miz, but unfortunately it's true, but I will ding him for this. The Miz is not the only two-time Mr. Money in the Bank winner. Technically, it goes to Edge and the man who cannot be named by WWE that goes by CM Punk. So Miz, like Maury would say, that is a lie. Yeah, you know, Punk's got him there, but... (laughs) Yeah, I you know if we're if we're gonna have a pissing contest, I mean the Miz has got that WrestleMania main event on his resume. That's that's a big check mark there. Two time Grand Slam champion. I, those are just just a couple of things off the top of my head. You know, you don't have to bury him like that, even though it's facts, and that's why Punk would secretly take probably twenty million dollars just to main event WrestleMania to say I did it. But you I got know, a lot of people listening to this show alone. saying, Scott, you suck. I'm not listening to this. You suck, dude. CM Punk is so much better than The Miz. The Miz sucks. I know. I know, guys. He's just, he's just a two-time Grand Slam WrestleMania winner. That's all. WrestleMania main event winner. It's just with a TV show. And he remembers none of it, by the way. <laughs> he doesn't remember that when he was knocked the fuck yeah, out. But I was seeing his fault. Sabotage. Okay, so the floor didn't do it. That's why Alex Riley got beef with Cena. It, it stems, it's a, it's it's all connected. It's all connected. But you couldn't say it to John Cena's face, could he? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was good. That was that was well done. See, that was well done. Crafty. Yeah, yes, yes. As we push for time here, let's assign the final grade for this year's Money in the Bank pay-per-view on a scale from 1 to 10. So, Scott, what is your final grade for Money in the Bank? Oh, man. I, was, I, I've, I really thought the first two matches set a good pace, good you know tone for the show. Um, but it, And then the, the tag match was excellent. But I, those last two matches just really kind of brought it down. I want to say a six, but I feel like that's being too generous because I just don't think the main event delivered. So I'm going to go five. I'm going to go five as well. This was a show that had some highs and lows. The main event was a letdown to me in a lot of ways based on the outcome and really the structure of the match in a lot of ways. Rollins not having a lot to do was very surprising to me as well. I wanted more from him. Riddle as well. Just the layout of the match was definitely a choice to highlight the power of Omos over anything else, which was really distracting. The women's match was hit or miss. The Street Profits and the Usos delivered in a very good way. Natty and Ronda was a match, despite the shade that Ronda provided, which was great. And Bianca Belair versus Carmella was a match I've seen a lot and did not mean a lot to me as a viewer and a fan of Bianca's, but It was a show. It was a very definition of a B show, probably on the lower end of shows we've seen this year. Not as bad as Warrior Rumble. That show is still trash for the running as the worst show WWE produced this year. But this might be a close third at this point. I I think the Liv Morgan moment and that Usos match are going to elevate it just because I, I, that Uso Street Profit match, I thoroughly enjoyed. And I, I like that women's money in the bank match more than most because of the the chaos and the car wreck elements to it. But I, I do think that Liv Morgan uh, moment is going to be one that we talk about, especially if, like we also talked about, 
if they really get behind her, which I think they might, man. They, the crowd really loved her and responded. So um, I, you, you might be right. When we look back on it, it probably might be bottom three. But I, I think it, it might stand a little bit when we see the test of time, if we look back on the moments. But who knows? It's WWE. Yes, and those moments are fleeting in a lot of ways as well. As we put a bow on this week's wrap, I think I've cried enough <laughs> tears to last Scott a year. Um, that was a moment of just 10 straight minutes of me losing my mind over Madcap not climbing a ladder because he's scared of heights. This is a moment on this show that will live forever, and Scott got me. So I appreciate that. Twice in a week, Pastor E last week on the Patreon this week, Scaredy Cat Moss. So it's a win for me because I've tortured this man for weeks over my warrior's love, and now he gets to pay it forward by making my life a living hell, by suggesting that Theory is going to be the next Triple H. In what universe? Not this one. God, I only can hope. Hey, you'll get nothing but but good things from me. I mean, you you, you talked good things about The Miz, and um, I, I, I broke you. You know, it's, all, it's always a great night when I can break you on air. So this, I I have nothing but great things. I can't wait to chop it up with you next week and talk all things WWE. It's going to be a freaking blast. I'm so I'm Perky Scott for this week on the regular feed, not even the, the Patreon. I usually say Perky for the Patreon. Not today. Perky's here on the free feed all because of you, Keela. Shout out to you. And and I'm not jumping over you unlike our Patreon show, which was a total accident, by the way. <laughs> hey, I... Listen, when we got up before we started, Keela was like, hey, you know what? I'm sick of your nonsense. So if I don't like what you got to say, just know I'm coming. So I, I that's that's I that's all. I, that's what she told me before we started. So I have no idea. You know, I don't know what happened. How dare you lie on me like <laughs> that? Stop. No, let me tell you, Keela. Keela is is literally sets me up as beautifully as, as possible and has I don't think she has ever cut me off while we've done this. Now I've cut her off a couple times and I don't know why it's not, you know, do I don't know why it's not working against me, but yeah, she's she's never cut me off. My captain, oh captain, who I have complete faith in. And he's sincere. sincere. And that's the truth. And honest to God, that was a technological tap snafu. I did not jump over him. <laughs> I'm horrified at the thought that I jumped over this man at least 30 times during that show. And it was all accidental. So blame technology, not me. Because despite our beef that goes on going on this show, we do have a great little respect for each other by not jumping over each other's lines unless it's about the Miz. And after that, it's open season. <laughs> I don't know. As of tonight, I was real quiet because I loved what you had to say. Hopefully that's the last time I'll say it this year. I doubt it. But, you know, because I would think, because let me just throw, I know we got to go, but let me just throw this out there before we go. It won't be because the ratings king of Marjo and George will continue to reign, and I will make sure the world knows that they are the ratings kings. He will hold that flag up until the season finale. <laughs> hey, I'm saying, and they keep going up. They keep going up. Dynamite better watch out. They coming for y'all next. <laughs> They, they coming now, for y'all next. Absolute height of blasphemy. Now they could beat Battle of the Belts on a Saturday night. It's oh, possible. Definitely beat Battle of the Belts. No question. No yes, question. They'll beat Battle of sure. the Belts so, 2.0 and Rampage. Let Dynamite slip up on a holiday and catch a low seven hundred thousand. <laughs> play with it if you want to. The Miz, future demo god. 
That's where we are right now. Scott having his best week ever. Don't, don't, don't let Dynamite have to go at like a five o'clock or something on a Friday and have a, <laughs> don't ever let the Miz and Mrs. beat Dynamite in any type of ratings. Cause I'm going to go ahead and tell you, that's going to be my header. Just the two ratings, but top and bottom. That's just going to be my header going forward. All over Facebook group. With the, with the numbers and stats to back it up. You know how people get tattoos of like 2020 champions. I'm going to get the ratings and the date. Oh my God. So with that in mind, it's time to wrap up the show. I'm not going to embolden him anymore. He's had his fun. And next week I will bring back the misery because that is how we reset things on the show. He's salty. I'm perky. We'll get it back together next week right here on the Fight Game Media Network for myself and for Salty Scott Young, noted model for Maximum Max Models. That's a wrap on all things Money in the Bank 2022.